I'm deadly serious. Hello, everybody. Welcome to So What'd You Think? Uh, we're having a brand new episode today. I brought on a very special guest. Uh, his name is Kenny. Why don't you say hi, Kenny? Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, I know. Thank you. I'm really excited for this. I'm I've really been looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, so the movie we watched today was Parasite. This is directed by Bong Joon-ho. Uh, he's directed other movies such as Snowpiercer, Okja, The Host, um, some other ones. <laughs> yeah, some other ones. <laughs> some other ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one, this movie uh, won the Palme d'Or at Cannes uh, this year. Um, it's very highly talked about um, among maybe some circles. This is a Korean language film. Um, but yeah, and I didn't even know the plot going into this. I don't know if you, I guess you knew the premise for this. I knew a little bit about it because I, I wanted to do my research. I'm a big <laughs> fan. So I wanted to like do a little bit of reading ahead of time. Fair so enough. I kind of had a vague idea. I knew what like the, the premise was. Yeah. That was about it. Okay. That's fair. I, so I didn't actually, I like to go into movies blind now, I think. Like yeah. I, don't, I, don't watch, I don't like watch trailers anymore. Yeah. And like I didn't even know the premise. I didn't even know the genre of this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah. I was really surprised. So yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to give the premise for this movie to anyone who hasn't seen the movie yet, <laughs> um, just because I like like to go in blind to movies. Um, but yeah. Um, so let's do. So I wanted to ask you before we go into spoilers and stuff. Um, so what were your thoughts on this movie going into it? Um, like, what were your expectations kind of for it? Um, going into it, so I knew that it had a lot to do with, I guess, the culture, and as someone who's like grown up there Mm -hmm. so like basically like the story goes i was born and raised in orange county and then um (laughs) and then i moved to korea when i was eight and grew up there until i came out here for college and so knowing that it was about the culture i was really interested and i knew that i was going to love the movie regardless Mm because it had something to do and something to say about like home so yeah i was really excited and it honestly was beyond my expectations i thought it was amazing it really was beyond yeah. my expectations i so i also hadn't like i didn't i don't have that connection to it yeah. like you did that personal connection to it but um there was a lot of my friends and stuff that had either went to Cannes or ver- other various festivals and had just like seen this movie yeah and like especially being like film school here like i feel like everyone had seen this movie. everyone talks about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> everyone's talking about it even like we have the same we work at the same internship too yeah everyone at the internship is talking about it yeah too, <laughs> i felt so out of the loop with this movie i know so I, i'm i'm really happy that i'm a part of it and also so I feel like it wasn't even overhyped. Like everyone came out of this movie saying, like, "Oh my god, it's the best thing ever," and I'm like, "No way, no way, yeah. it's that good." Yeah, but it really is that good. Yeah, it really is, <laughs> and it's. I've been waiting so long to watch this because I was over. I was back home for the summer for like two weeks, mm-hmm. and the week before I had to fly out, they were gonna release the movie in theaters in Korea the next week. So I missed wow. it by one week. The release in Korea. When was the release in Korea? When was that? I think it was like sometime like. Early June, late May, I think. Okay. Wow, I didn't realize it was that much earlier. That's yeah, awesome. and then I came back here and I was like, "All right, I'll just I'll just watch it here." And then I find out that I have to wait until <laughs> October yeah. to watch the movie. Yeah, but I waited, and it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. I'm really, I'm, I'm so glad I can say I've finally seen this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have like any sort of a relationship to the director? Because you've seen a few of his other movies, right? Yeah, I've seen in full length. I've seen Snowpiercer and Okja. Okay. Um. Both of those movies, I don't feel like, are his strongest. I've heard that one of his movies, Memories of Murder, is, like, supposedly really good, and it inspired the movie Zodiac here in the States. And so 
I know that one's really good. I haven't gone around to watching it, but I do know that it's a very dark tone. And in at least in Snowpiercer and Okja too, and this movie as well, mm-hmm. it's very like black comedy. Like it's right. It's very, very satirical, yeah. and it like really hits the point. But I think that this movie was less obvious in terms of like its metaphor in comparison to like Snowpiercer Okja because it was very obvious like what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. But for this movie, it's like you kind of have to think about it a little bit more, unpackage it. And I think that it really helps coming from Korea and understanding the cultural context and the background. Because it explains a lot about like why these characters act a certain way and how those actions actually have consequences that we may or may not realize. And that's not necessarily anyone's fault. It's just the way that we were raised. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. That's so cool. I This movie, I think... Had a very clear message and what it wanted to say, I think. And it, honestly, we talked about this before that you were saying how some people like make comparing this movie to uh, shoplifters. Um, there were some people who saw it as like drawing upon like the same inspiration, and right. so yeah, it's like similar in a way. But I would say like Certain after themes, watching it, after watching it now, I think it's like totally different. <laughs> yeah, I think what's interesting is that they do draw upon similar themes. I think with, between the two movies, but I think. Parasite does a much better job doing it, and it's like a more nuanced interpretation of like what they're yeah. trying to say with it. Like I think this movie goes a lot further, um, and with what it's trying to say. Really cool. Um, any other like overall thoughts to tell people who haven't seen this movie, like what they should know going into it? Or you think that's <laughs> feel pretty good about that? I mean, I feel like there's a lot that is unsaid, but at the same time, I really think that if you just go in with an open mind. Um, that's probably just the best experience. I really think so too. Yeah. I think, um, even though maybe it's uh, a Korean language film, I think I don't think that should stop <clears throat> any person who just doesn't want to read subtitles. I don't no, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I think this movie has so many ideas that can apply across different cultures. I think it is saying a lot about Korea and Korean culture and class difference and stuff like that. But I do think that transfers over to any culture. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty universal concept. It's I a, think. Yeah, it's a universal message for yeah. sure. Um, and I just do want to say, I feel like this movie is like does everything a movie should do. Like every movie should strive to do what this movie does, where like it balances pure entertainment and like this movie is incredibly funny. Oh at yeah, times. And, <laughs> so like, funny. It can also teach you something and be important at the same time. Like the, the message it's sometimes telling you is just mm-hmm. like so interesting. Yeah, I agree and with that. I was just so enthralled through this movie. Like, it just really took me on a roller coaster of all these different, yeah, all these different emotions. Um, but yeah, that's it's, hard, it's hard to say a lot without like spoiling it because like I know. it's well, so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go into spoilers. So for people who haven't seen this movie, um, absolutely go see this movie. It's, it's a must-watch in it's my opinion. Easily the, one of the best movies of this year. Yeah, um, if not the best movie I've seen this year. Um, and there's been some good movies. Um, I would put it up there. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Um, but yeah, go see this movie and then come back and then listen to the rest of this, <laughs> this, this podcast. Yeah, want these views. Yeah, cool. So let's go into spoilers. Spoiler time. Um, so one thing, we're talking about this in the car ride back. I was curious. I was asking you what the title of the movie meant in Korean because it doesn't actually translate to Parasite directly, right? I did some research into it. Mm-hmm. And so the title of the film, it does mean Parasite, but I was actually misinformed. And uh, I remembered from an earlier interview that he said that he chose the title for this movie, Parasite, because he felt that it was an issue and a story that had kind of like festered in him after creating like either Okja or like one of his previous movies. 
And he said that since then, he's been working on trying to make this film for the longest time, which is why he called it Parasite, because he felt like it was a parasite within him to make this movie. And now he's finally made it. That's what he said in the interview that That's I read. Interesting. Just like the idea has been like latched onto him so much. Yeah. Okay. So as he felt, I mean, I don't know what he's, what he's yeah, thinking. Yeah, I don't know what he's thinking either. <laughs> after the release of this movie, he's kind of like been free of that like idea, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess, I guess so. But it is like a really important topic that really defines a lot of the culture in Korea, at least like, so the context behind it, mm-hmm. I think like from a historic context, it's as a country, Korea's always been invaded. It's always been between China and Japan. And so historically, those two countries have always used Korea as kind of like a stepping stone to get to the other, because those two were always bigger powers. So historically, we've always been trying to defend ourselves, very isolationist. That's why you you speak all the hermit kingdom for a long time. And so the way that people kind of grow up, at least my ancestors, like growing up in constant fear of like someone invading a long time ago that kind of like bred this culture of like family is all you really have and it doesn't really matter how other people are doing as long as you do well for yourself and your family so in a way it's not a very like kind like way to interact with people because they're basically telling you like at the end of the day family is all you got left and you need to remember that and you need to know that because you can't trust anyone else except family I don't think I interpreted the ending that way, which is interesting that, because I, I mean, I guess like I grew up in America, so yeah. I guess I have different values maybe, and uh, maybe a more sense of self rather than community or like family, yeah. um, which I guess is just very different from Korean culture. Yeah. But I I viewed the whole ending less about family and like less optimistic in that way, like, oh, at least they have their family, rather instead I viewed it as like more depressing like it's like the cyclical nature of class and how the poor want to be rich and then once they get to the rich they're unhappy and then this new poor level kind of comes in and it's just a constant cycle of that so I viewed them like embracing at the end like when yeah. the dad comes out of the cellar or whatever yeah. and embraces his son I viewed that less as a happy fa- thing with family and rather oh, this is kind of depressing that they're just the family they hated. Yeah, I agree agree with that. And I think that it's actually like a mixture of the two because the whole idea of it being cyclical is like in Korean society, it's very, there's a hierarchy and there's a very obvious hierarchy and it's always built on this hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it really depends on like which position you're born in and that determines your position on this hierarchy. It's really hard to move up and down in Korea. And because of that, it is cyclical. You can work really hard and you can like scheme your way to try to get to success. But like we saw at the end of the movie, it's a cycle. Like you're eventually going to return to where you started. And I think that at least in terms of like businesses and economics, like big companies, if they see a small company on the rise, they will immediately do everything they can to put that small company down in order to maintain their wealth and their control over the, over the market. And so that happens. And I think that that is also like a really important message that he's trying to say because it's just so pervasive like mm-hmm. living in korea and like realizing that that's really interesting I'm, I'm curious how you also saw the ending too because i so like they show this scene of the son writing the letter to the father and he's like we will make it one day and we yeah. will be rich enough to afford this house and then all you have to do is walk up the stairs and they embrace yeah. and i viewed that more as almost hypothetical though right is that how you saw it as well like, I saw it as a hypothetical, too. Right, because then they cut back, and he's still writing the letter, and he's still in the same place, the yeah. same home that he started in. And the condition he's in is, like, 
worse than he was before because right. he was injured. So right, and his sister is like no longer there. You know? No longer there. There's less of a family there. Yeah, with that too. Um, I think that's interesting though because I think that changes the message slightly. Where it's like, they, there really is no like change with them. You know, like they start in one place and they end up in the exact same place, still wishing they were in a different place. Yeah. They're still wishing they were rich. <clears throat> And I don't even think that hypothetical was, like, a future thing. Like, I think I was purely, like, wishful thinking yeah. rather than them showing, like, a flash forward to, like, 10 years from now when they actually are in that position. Yeah. You know? But it's also, I thought that him writing to his dad, again, has to go back to, like, the whole family idea. Because if you really think about it, every, like, group of people, so, like, the people that the original maid and, like, her husband, mm-hmm. um, the wealthy family and the poor family... They act as units, and they all are exactly the same way at the end of the day. They want what's best for themselves and for their family. They could honestly care less about what happens to the rich, what happens to the poor, as long as they and their family can provide for themselves. And so I saw his writing of that letter as a promise to his dad, and it reinforces the idea that like, at the end of the day, you're doing this for family, mm-hmm. and that's why you're doing this. And you could... Everyone else is an obstacle in a way between you and your family's success. And, like, reputation yeah. is everything. Like, That's interesting. I didn't necessarily see the movie that way, but I totally agree with how you're saying that. Because I think what's interesting is they're, like, showing three pretty different levels of class. Like, one, like, the ultra-rich, like, poor, and then, like, homeless, I guess, is, yeah. like, the third family who's living in the cellar. Yeah. And yet they're showing how these families work as a, a unit doing what's been the best interest of the family and yeah. showing that they're really more similar than they want to believe. Yeah. They can, like, the rich family really emphasized this point, but, like, they are kind, but mm-hmm. they're kind as long as it benefits them. As soon as things don't go their way or they have to choose between themselves and someone else, they will always choose themselves. And I feel like that was really emphasized at the end of the movie during the big climax where he came out in, like, Rampage. Yeah, right. And at that point, even though he saw who he thought, at least, was the teacher of his son dying, he didn't care. All he cared about was his son, because his son was in danger. Right. And so he chose his family over someone who's already, like, near death, right in front of him. Mm-hmm. He'll ignore that, all of it, just to save his family. Right. I think that's what made that scene so chaotic is because everyone had their own self-interest in mind or at least like their own family self-interest in mind. And so, yeah, there's like all these different things going on. Like you see the sister dying and then you see like this guy, he's now stabbing Mr. Park or whatever, the head of the upper class family. And then you see like the other guy dying who was in the cellar. All three things are happening. And no one cares. Yeah, and everyone at that party, as soon as that guy comes out and stabs, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone at that party leaves. They don't try to stop him. They leave. They don't make an effort. They pick up their children. They get with their husbands and they run away. They do nothing to stop. (laughs) No one pulled up the phone to call anything. Mm -hmm. No one did anything. And I guess in a way, like that's not just a Korean thing. It's just like big city life, the way that we live now. You know, kind of like. Someone else will take care of it. I need to take care of myself first. Like, that kind of mentality is, like, I feel like it's pretty universal. Yeah, I guess so. To a degree. I mean, to a degree. So I'm trying to imagine what this scenario would be like if this was, like, took place in Los Angeles or, yeah. or just, like, anywhere in America. Yeah. Like, 
would the same situation happen where people would leave that party? Like, I don't know if people would actually do anything. Or, I think or in the if, States, they would do something. You think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming someone would call the police. Or like, yeah, but, yeah, I don't know, yeah. And this isn't to, like, really undermine, like, Korean society, saying that, like, right. oh, like, they only care about themselves, blah, blah, blah. It's just Like, it's not, but it's, it's a commentary. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's making something that you wouldn't believe to be true somewhat believable. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it really scary, because these values do exist, and while they're not so obvious, if you make it obvious, it just looks really bad. But, like, that's some of the values that people have. Yeah, that's super interesting. I feel like that I was it makes this movie like distinctly Korean in that sense or at least not American cuz I that's something I guess I just didn't pick up on as much cuz I just like didn't connect to that but because you grew up in that and have that kind of values within yeah. your own family maybe like I think yeah. that's something you would notice more. I don't know. That's I just find that really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 really cool to hear like what people who like didn't grow up in that environment think about it cuz like right. I've always wondered like how do people see the way I've been raised and the way I grew up from like a different perspective because all I've ever known is like seeing it from my point of view so everything I see is normal but obviously like if I looked at another culture's way of life I wouldn't think it's normal so it's like it's really interesting to hear like how other people see it like especially here living in the states and like watching this movie in the states you know right no I totally agree as you were telling us on the way back to just like very interesting things about how like you yourself were like a tutor similar to the yeah. character. <laughs> and you were also like the son who was getting tutored. Like yeah. you've been in both I've been in situations. both shoes, yeah. Yeah. So I've been I've been lucky enough to say that like I'm part of the upper middle class in Korea. Mm-hmm. So while I ha- I don't yeah. really experience like the degree that like they do in the movie, obviously. Right. But I do understand what it's like to be the kids and like have a tutor. And I also understand what it's like to be the tutor and enter a home where you know that like this is the home of the wealthy. And everything that you look around you is like that. So it was it was it was weird because like yeah. it was very relatable down to like the tiniest detail. Like I mentioned earlier, like whenever they bring fruit, and they always do this, <laughs> anytime there's a tutor, there's always fruit on the table. <laughs> always. That. Yeah. And that was like just like in the movie too. Always fruit on the table. Mm-hmm. Like nothing else. Yeah. It was always fruit. Is that a very common thing to have these, like, college-educated tutors come in like that and have it be very formal and stuff? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, the relationship to tutors and family in America, I feel like it's just different than how it's portrayed in the movie. Like, I could, I was familiar enough with it to grasp onto what was happening, but it wasn't, like, a personal connection to it like maybe you had. So, like, I didn't grow up with a tutor, nor did I ever tutor. Yeah, so the experience was really similar. It's the tutors are usually U.S.-educated college students, and they come and they'll teach you, like, they come to your home mm-hmm. and or you meet them, like, somewhere around your home. And you, like, they teach you, like, math, history, English, like, a lot of different things. Like, they come and just, like, tutor whatever. And then me, myself, I was an English tutor, just like the guy in the movie, to, right. uh, like, a really young girl who came from, like, a very, like, well-off family. Did you also have a relationship with the... <laughs> the yeah, I was very friendly with her. And there was a time where after I was done tutoring her, tutoring her for that summer, I came back to the States and we were still exchanging emails. And this girl was like in... I think she's in middle school now. Uh-huh. But when I was tutoring her, she was like fourth, fifth grade. Huh. Yeah, That's and like crazy. she would like ask for my phone number and like she would text me <laughs> questions every once in a while and I'd respond. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's interesting because... Like, how he does it is he, like, fools them in a way. But really what he's doing is very similar to what I did. I came, I showed up with a book, like, yeah. just an English workbook, and I would just sit there, and she would do it. And I would just wait until she's done, and if she had a question, she would ask. But if anything, I was more 
there is like kind of like a friend that she had that spoke English and kind of like vicariously through me, she'll pick up on like American culture. That's really interesting. Huh. I'm surprised. That's like interesting that they choose like U.S. educated people to do it. Like that you're the face of like English culture, like American culture to them. Yeah. But like even maybe you were here, there might be like a separation, a certain separation between that you're not fully in with American culture, like, you know, like yeah. you might be have different experiences to what I've experienced. Yeah, absolutely. Completely American. So I yeah. think that's really interesting that they're vicariously picking up American culture through an, a, a Korean-American, I guess. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> it's a weird dynamic, but, yeah. like, yeah, it is It is what it is. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I kind of want to move on. So I want to talk about what I kind of think might be the thesis of the film. So yeah. there's this one quote, and it's it's when... Um, there's like a whole flood happening and they their house totally gets flooded and then they're now in the gym and they're sleeping there yeah and the dad says to the son and he says uh, if you know if you don't have a plan then nothing can go wrong yeah and I feel like that kind of emphasizes like the main ideology of what lower class families in Korea or maybe just in, in general have where it's like if you have you set no expectations you can't ever be disappointed yeah <laughs> you know um, I think that's really interesting I don't yeah know, what, what do you think about that I think that it it honestly is, like, a huge part of the culture. It's like, if you don't have goals, you'll never be disappointed, right? Mm-hmm. And in a, in a society that's so hierarchical, it's, like, it's so hard to, like, escape your class standing and move up. And so I guess some people just resign to the fact that, like, it's impossible, and they believe that it's impossible to do so. And in some situations, it is. There are systems systems in place where, like, it becomes almost impossible for, like, people to move up and down classes in Korea. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very hard. And so I can understand why people will kind of, like, adopt, like, just a resignation to everything. All right. Like, if there's no plan, like, I can't disappoint myself. So right. I guess I just won't. Like, Yeah, because what I think is interesting in the film is that, st- nevertheless, like, this poor family is constantly coming up with plans and they're constantly yeah. strategizing. <laughs> yeah. And then everything does go wrong. Like they end up yeah. like murdering people. Like, yeah. And like one of them also gets murdered. Like, you know, like Yeah. Is the is it was like the message of the movie, like to not have a plan like what is it? Like what is Bong John like Bong Joon Ho trying to say about the like is he trying to say that you shouldn't have a plan like that that is a right opinion to have and like to give up hope of class change or is it just like generic commentary on how it's so hard to move classes in Korea or in general I don't honestly like it's it's so hard to like really figure out what he's saying I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of commentary like there's a lot of this is how it is and when I present it in this light now you can see like why it's wrong Mm -hmm. but I don't think he's necessarily like presenting a solution more than just like raising awareness to a problem that exists right i think i agree with that i think i'm leaning towards he's just like commenting on what, yeah he's like what he sees a very comp- yeah, yeah. He's just showing what he sees and he's not really taking a stance but i think it's interesting because that character is clearly taking a stance you know yeah. he's at the bottom at the bottom he's lost his house he's lost his part of his family he's lost everything he was hoping to get yeah and he's like you know if you just don't make a plan then nothing can go wrong i think that's just like a very strong statement and like that that was of all the lines in this movie like that one stuck out to me the yeah. most i feel like you know yeah um yeah it was just like know. a combination of like both like his frustration and just like him giving up and it was just like really sad to see because up until that point things have been like going pretty well for him like in the movie at least to some to some extent pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. 
Like, the, I, like for the, I say the first hour of the movie before they, because I think it's like the hour mark, they, they find yeah. the family in the cellar. Mm-hmm. I think up until that movie, everything was working so perfectly. Perfectly, yeah. And that was what was so entertaining about the movie. It was like watching yeah. like a heist movie or yeah, something. You know, yeah, yeah. Like everything in the heist movie. It's just so fun to watch. Yeah. Like they were like, they were scheming this family and like, they're like taking advantage of like the mom. It's like Ocean's like, Eleven. Yeah. Honestly, it does feel like <laughs> they were Ocean's so Eleven. suave and so smooth with everything. Yeah. And like the the one the old housekeeper that like she like coughs into the, the <laughs> yeah. napkin and throws it and then they put the hot, hot sauce, sauce on to it. look like blood. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. It's just it's so it was so genius and that yeah. was so fun. Um and then they they take they just like rip the curtain away and just like show you no, this is not how the plan like plans yeah. never work like this. Yeah. You know, like it was like first hour was like ideal like it's like what maybe someone of a lower class who wants to or anyone really who's striving for something better yeah it's showing like the ideal version and then it cuts away and shows you the reality and how that never happens and how those actions like affect other people and how that may or may not come back to bite you yeah yeah i totally yeah i think that's so because i think i think that the whole turning point is like they choose to screw over the original like housekeeper and the original housekeeper is now the reason that their plan fails. Mm-hmm. So it's like, while looking out for yourself and not considering other people, that could just come back to haunt you. Right. I think, yeah, because they were so focused on maybe their familiar or familial, like, sense of belonging or whatever. Yeah. Like, they're all so focused on their own family yeah. that they totally forgot that this other family is also equally trying to scheme yeah. something, you know? Yeah. Like, and these, that's how they clash is almost like two, fa- two opposing families from different classes. And it was insane because in the moment where they discover each other and they go down into that basement, there's a moment where she pleads to the family, like, oh, please, like, you can't let them find out. But as soon as the power dynamic switches and she finds out that all the tutors and the dad are all right, just part right, of the right. scheme, now she's in power and she doesn't give a crap about what that family's going to do. She yeah. only cares about herself now. So that just reinforces the idea that everyone just looks out for themselves. Like, Yeah. No, that is interesting. Yeah, the, the whole power shift in that scene yeah. is so interesting. It, like, the, for the rest of the movie, basically, it's just two people clashing yeah. and trying to get their own plans to work, and neither of them are working yeah. because they keep conflicting with each other. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's super cool. Um, so I also want to talk about – so they, they bring up this idea. It's when the whole family is – the, the upper-class family has gone camping, mm-hmm. and they're all in the house together. They're all drinking and stuff. Yeah. Um, they say how that... I'm glad you bring that up. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a cool scene. I'm glad you bring that up. So they're saying how money is like an iron and that it, it takes, it, it, it like gets away the, the creases yeah. or whatever, you know, like money can solve that kind of problem. It takes yeah. away the poor people's creases or whatever. And then they say how like wealth can allow you to be nice, um, which I think is a really interesting thing. She's like, oh, like if I was rich, like I would be even nicer than they are. You know, I would yeah. be so nice, but I can't afford to be nice yeah. because I'm poor. And then even in that scene, they should they even show it, like, physically, because then the dog comes over to try to, like, play with her, and she, like, kicks the dog kicks away. Kicks the dog. <laughs> yeah, which I think is just a funny touch. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about this, that whole idea that they're bringing up? Like, do you think that exemplifies something in Korean culture, like, that money, like, rich people tend to be nice, <sighs> nicer than poor people? Or do you think, do you agree with that concept that they're saying? That, like, money can buy you happiness in a way? Yeah, in a way, yeah. Or, like... Money can take away all these problems, which allows you to be nice, but maybe poor people are so consumed by all of these other issues that they don't have time to be nicer to others. I don't yeah. know. Do you buy into that idea, or do you think... I think that... I'm guessing that in terms of the movie, at least, like, the wealthy family was not any nicer than, like, the poor family. Like, right. if if that were the point that he was making in the movie, 
and then by showing the richer family clearly not being any nicer than like they expected them to be then i guess the point is that like it doesn't like money has nothing to do with your own kindness like it has to do with who you are and how you treat other people Mm -hmm. but i think if we're on the overarching question of like can money buy you happiness i mean personally i don't think so i think that the emphasis that people place on like family at least within this culture is like that should be where your source of happiness comes from it's like you are helping your family rise up together right right and so your happiness comes from being able to provide for your family yeah so i think that that how do you think that connects to the ending then? Because you see the family is still together and they're hugging and they're embracing. Yeah. Do you see that then? More of an impositive light because it's like, oh, at least they have family. Like, they don't need wealth. But in a way, they're still sad because they didn't reach that wealth. You know, they didn't reach what they wanted. But I think at the end of the movie, the goal was no longer to be wealthy. The goal was to be wealthy for the dad in order to get the dad out of the basement. So the end goal was more the dad than it was the money, I feel like, at the end of the movie. Because that is what really drove him or drives him Mm -hmm. to want to be wealthy for his dad so that he can get the house and get him out of there. Not just to be wealthy in and of itself. Right. Which in a way, I think is a pretty positive message in a sense. It is, it is. They've come to realize before maybe it was like they wanted the wealth to be rich. You know, they wanted it for the money rather than now they've learned that they want to do it for family. Maybe. Maybe, okay. I didn't read it as that way, but I think that's definitely a way. That's the way that I saw it, personally. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, Well, kind of following up on that, then, I think what's interesting is in the scene when um, the the poor class, like the lower class dad, when he stabs Mr. Park, who's like the head of the upper class household. Yeah. Right before that happens, what what motivates him to do it is that he like um, doesn't like the way the other guy smells who's like who just stabbed yeah. he's bleeding on the ground he like he makes a face because he doesn't like the way he smells yeah which is then tied back because mr park didn't like the way this other the the, the he smelled he didn't like the, yeah, yeah he didn't like the way he smelled either which motivates him so do you think i think that plays into the, the whole idea of niceness again because it's like artificial niceness yeah you know like he's being nice to his face but secretly he's having a conversation with his wife behind his back saying that he doesn't like the way he smells so is it like that money buys quote-unquote niceness, but really it's like artificial niceness? Yeah. 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 I feel like that might be the message, honestly. Like, yeah. it's it's <laughs> such a it. it's such an elementary thing to make fun of someone for, like the way they smell, you know? Yeah. Like, I remember kids saying that in like fourth or fifth grade, like, you smell, and then they'd be like, oh, no, like, that hurts my feelings, People you know? <laughs> yeah. Not me, but like, I've heard it being said, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I know you. <laughs> And so, Kenny stinks. Right <laughs> and so, yeah, like it's. I think that's really it. It's like they're nice to your face, but the reality of it is like <clears throat> they're nice to you because it benefits them. Mm-hmm. In in that moment, right? Yeah, I think then maybe it's trying to say. This is, I'm just like thinking this right <clears throat> now, but like maybe the the mom when she says that and she's saying it to the family how money buys like niceness or, yeah. or in a way like she didn't say that exactly but yeah. like how money in a sense buys niceness that's the way her character views it because all she sees is that genuine niceness because she's always all seeing is like what they say to their face yeah and after that scene happens that's when they you kind of reveal they, they reveal there's an artificial niceness and yeah it's not a real niceness yeah so it's like a naivety in mm-hmm. a way of like what these characters think yeah that's a good point yeah, and then it kind of comes to, like, fruition at the end when he stabs him. Like, that's him yeah. realizing that, like, they aren't really nice people. They're just as mean as everybody else. In the yeah. World. 
That's really, that's cool. <laughs> it's a really, like, it's really dark. Like, it changes tone so quickly. Yeah. Like, the movie. What would you say the genre is? Because I, I don't On know, it, I didn't know what it was. That's hard. It, that's a know. really hard question. Mm-hmm. The genre of it. <laughs> like, in a way, like, it defies it. I hate saying that, but, like. Yeah. Because it, I would. I would say the first hour is pretty much a comedy. Like, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, I didn't realize this movie was going to be yeah, this funny. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was, so, it was funny. so funny. Everyone was laughing in the theater. Yeah. Was, yeah. But then it gets so dark, and it's teaching you very important. Like, I learned a lot, I think, from this movie just about other culture and just, like, about class and, like, the lives of different classes and how they live. I think mm-hmm. I, I got a lot out of this movie. Um, but I think the tone, like, it shifts completely. It's it's It gets very serious and very dark, and then there's, like, a very gruesome like rampage like yeah scene in the last like yeah it's brutal it's very brutal i think like a lot of people online have labeled this as a dark comedy Mm -hmm. and i think that that may be the closest way to describe it because i mean first of all it's just funny but at the same time like it's a dark comedy in the sense that like they're basically making satire and taking it to a whole extreme level to explain, like, a very, very, like, common, simple concept, which is just, like, everyone's out for themselves. But they, they take it to a degree where sometimes you're laughing at things that shouldn't be funny. Like, when she kicks the dog. And, like, yeah. when there's, like, absurd slapstick. Like, it's funny, but at the same time, like, the situation that they're in... And what happens throughout the movie isn't necessarily, like, it just shouldn't be that funny. I agree. I'm curious, do do you find yourself empathizing with any particular group or any particular family more than another one? Like, because I noticed in the theater, like, when the poor lower-class family stabs Mr. Park, who's the head of the upper-class family, there were, like, a couple people who were like, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of people that were saying that. Yeah, but then I always thought that was interesting because I was like, I didn't really view the upper-class family necessarily as antagonists. Yeah, you know, maybe antagonist to those characters, but I wasn't necessarily empathizing more with the lower class family. Yeah, you know? because they weren't really doing anything good either. Yeah, they were just scheming. Like they were, they, they were trying to, they were trying to like rob trespass. these people. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, they were in a way worse people. Like I'm struggling to find why the upper class family was so bad. I think more. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I mean, besides them being artificially nice and maybe just. The pretentiousness of being having money and yeah. like, the way they treat their inferiors, like the, yeah. they see them as inferior, you know. So what's really interesting about that is that I know that in his movie Snowpiercer, he mm-hmm. dealt a lot with that problem. And so the guy who plays the dad in this movie actually plays one of the main characters in Snowpiercer too. And Snowpiercer is like a battle between the lower class people at the end of the train trying to get to the front because that's their goal. They want money and they want to be wealthy, mm-hmm. but. What's really important is what goes on outside of the train. And the only, only characters that really realize that are the guy who plays the dad, who I forgot, I forgot what his name was, and his daughter in that movie. And they're supposed to represent the middle class, according to his interpretation of the film. Right. And he says that the middle class is actually the class where you get to see both sides, truly, and where you get to make the realization that none of it truly matters. Like, the desire for wealth is not necessarily where you find your meaning. Right? He's showing the two extremes in a way. Yeah, like, and he's yeah. saying that the answer lies in the middle. And I think that in this movie, you see two extremes again. And I'm pretty sure, like, the demographic for a lot of people watching this movie are, like, middle-class people who are going to be watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And they get to see, like, Social on stuff. either end of the spectrum, they're doing the exact same si- exact same thing. So whether or not, like, 
your desire is like gain wealth, that's not the answer. And like being wealthy doesn't necessarily mean that you also find true happiness either. Like throughout the entire movie, he keeps asking like the rich dad, like, but you love your wife, right? And for some reason, he'll never say yes or no. He never answers that question. And he seems to always be pissed about it. Like, why are you asking me this? I'm just paying you to work. Like, don't ask me those kind of questions. And I feel like that points to the fact that like being wealthy doesn't necessarily answer that either. What love is, what happiness is. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that was really well put. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I want to talk about the ending then, because after so the son gets brain surgery because he gets like beaten, yeah beaten with the rock brutally. Which, yeah, we'll talk about the rock too later. But I, <laughs> <laughs> it's a metaphor. I know. <laughs> Everything's a metaphor. It's all a metaphor. I like how they said it's a metaphor, too. Yeah. Like he looks at the rock and he's like, this is a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> like telling the audience, like, watch out for this rock. Yeah. Come back in the third act. Like, check off guys. I know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so he's, like, laughing after he gets the brain surgery. He, like, he starts to narrate, and he's saying that even after all this depressing stuff is happening, he's looking at the ashes of his daughter or his, his sister or whatever. So, yeah. And all this stuff, all this horrible stuff. Like, he's, like, uh, he's on probation and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's laughing through it. I think that's just an interesting interpretation. I think that goes exactly with what you're saying, how the middle class can see both sides. It's like almost he's had this switch turned after the surgery, and now he can see how ridiculous this whole thing was between the poor and the rich. He just thinks it's all so funny. Yeah. You know, like how ridiculous <clears throat> it is. I think the film is trying to say that all of this, like it's purposely exaggerated. Like the scene, I think the rampage scene, that wouldn't happen in real life. You know, like it's taking realistic events yeah and i think it's very realist yeah. realistic at the beginning and it goes completely surrealistic by the end and takes it to a, yeah. a whole nother level and the film is trying to say like this is how ridiculous class divide is yeah i think yeah that's actually a really good point i agree with that a lot because i think that him laughing is just like all they really wanted was like more money like they just wanted to be paid more and have jobs that mm-hmm. was it and that whole journey to doing that has led to their his father disappearing yeah. and his sister dead. And so he's like, it's just so ridiculous that like, like this funny. has to yeah. happen just because yeah. they want jobs. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I think that's like another reason why he would be like laughing at the end. Cause like, right. he's Which, like, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, totally. And I think that I'm just tying it all together now. I think that even applies to like the genre. Like you're saying it's people are calling this a dark comedy. It's like, we're laughing at the film and the events, like of how ridiculous it yeah. is. And like, we're, he becomes the audience by the end. Like, he yeah. is also laughing at the events. He learns to laugh at how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And the whole movie, we've been laughing at how funny this is. these schemes are going well. Yeah. Like, so, like, what what is happening? Yeah. Like, the rampage scene, it's, like, very dark. I think for the most part, it's a pretty serious scene, but it's yeah. also, like, <laughs> you could laugh you're at doing It's at a birthday like, party. That's yeah, the context. Yeah, like, the event and just the way it's happening. And he's dressed like a Native American, and, like, it's <laughs> yeah. like, what's going on? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, in a way, it is kind of funny. Like, I think if you described that scene to someone who hadn't seen that scene, they'd be oh, like, yeah. that's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. But watching it, it's not as funny. It's not. Because you're so in it, and they use, like, handheld shots and stuff, yeah. and you feel very in it, where it's, it's a pretty scary scene overall. Yeah. It's a pretty serious scene. But then at, looking back at it, I think it is kind of funny. Like, the, yeah. how you're saying it's at a birthday party. Like yeah. That is just objectively funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? like, and I think that a big part of it that really spoke to me personally was going back to the scene where they're all, like, drinking together in the house. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the characters or, like, actors that they chose, I felt like could be – they're very representative of their demographic. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could walk past a few of these characters in the street, like – 
they had very like typical faces and like very typical mannerisms like a lot of the things that the dad did in the movie i could totally see my dad doing mm. the way that like the mother tells stories that's exactly the way my mom would tell stories like the fact that they're gathered together drinking like drinking age is 18 back in korea so like whenever i go home like i would sit down like with my family share a beer and just like watch tv and we would just chatter and just like tell stories and whatnot yeah. and that really hit me different because it was like that that's literally just like it could be any family right. and it's just representative of just everyone it's not just this specific instance in this specific movie or this story mm -hmm. it's supposed to mean like or show that it honestly could be any, everyone yeah i totally agree you, we were even talking about that a little bit right before we came on air like i how you're saying like the actors and stuff they they, they feel distinctly like almost like average yeah. korean citizens like yeah. they, they look like every other person yeah. at that age yeah. like in that just like that class or whatever cuz the the level that this director is at in korea he could have easily picked like superstar actors and superstar actresses mm -hmm. but i mean these actors and actresses are really good and they're also very highly respected but they also aren't like studs and like you know like sex icons you know like yeah. they're just like more average looking people yeah that is really interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, th I think that works even better because I think yeah. exactly how what you got out of it, how you think this represents yeah. every family. I think that's that's like the purpose of it. You know? Yeah. It's to say a larger message about what like class. Wow. Hello, class. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's really cool. I also do want to talk about the cinematography real quick too, oh. because it's so good. It there's is so much imagery that's placed in it too, and besides just like the slow mo shots and the like, mm -hmm. beautiful wide shots, like. Um, like I think I mentioned this to you too that there is, there's a shot um, when when you go down the stairwell, yeah. it's like this bookcase, and then you see like this black. It's just a black door, yeah. And you just see like the person walking into the void, and they just disappear in blackness. Yeah, they just disappear. Yeah, I think it could be. I could be reading into it, but I think I feel like it's almost like a metaphor for maybe like hell or like like because as soon as they enter that, that's when the tone of the movie switches between yeah. like basically full on comedy or like heist movie, like Ocean's Eleven esque yeah. to like much darker and as soon as they step into that void like they've crossed the line yeah um, i agree because like throughout the movie like even within like their old beaten home mm -hmm. the lighting in there is still like like regular light but as soon as they enter and go down those stairs it turns green mm -hmm. the lighting is green and like bad. everything just feels off because of that no it, yeah it's so interesting yeah and even but as I was saying, how like it, they kind of cross a line going into that. Yeah, this could be reading into it, but like the 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 upper class family keeps saying how they the oh like we had to fire this person because they crossed the line, and how this family never did cross that line. They like, never did. They never. Like, you know, my driver like he, yeah, he, he gets close to the line, but he's never crossed. Yeah, it, you know, but uh, I think obviously he does cross it. I think when he stabs him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's the point of no return for him. Yeah, and so all these characters kind of eventually do. And then cross he goes back that. there to hide at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where he chooses to hide, yeah. back there. He's now, like, committed to that life. He's that, crossed you know? the line, yeah. Yeah, and there's, like, there's probably no return to that. Even, like, if the, the lower-class family, they do reach that house and they do buy it, like, this hypothetical they have at the end. Yeah. I think it's, it's a point of no return. Like, this guy who comes out of the stairwell, you can't come out of the stairwell, I think, is what they're trying to say. And yeah. Like, we can speculate whether or not he does it, but at the end of the day, like, he cannot move unless it happens. And, like, we're left wondering, like, is he ever going to get out of there? Right. There's no yeah. guarantee. Oof. That's good. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. <laughs> that's really good. That's really good. Um, yeah, because like even just like the other guy who had been living there for four years, he was saying like, oh, this is like, this is my life now. Like I, I am a part of this. I need to live here. Like mm -hmm. he feels an attachment. To, like he, yeah. 
almost is willing to live there, like wants to live there, you know? Yeah. And he's idolized Mr. Park, who lives above, you know? He's seeing yeah. him as this, like this godlike figure, you know? Like, that's so interesting, I think, because he has just also been... There's a, there's a point of no return for him. He's like this monster, you know, the kid. Yeah, he's like, I, was, I think I was born here. Like, he thinks he was mm-hmm. born there, like, yeah. in that basement. Yeah. And that's insane. Yeah, it's like like a rebirth in a way. Yeah. Like, he's just like a new thing. And he's so creepy, too. Like, there's, there's yeah. certain shots where it's like, this guy is scary to look at. Like, like, blood all over his face. and the The part where they kind of recreate the kid's trauma, that got me. Yeah. That scared me. His eyes. That scared me so much. Oh, yeah. That's like what you picture, like as a kid, like. That's exactly what you fear. Like, that's, that's, that's your biggest fear. As a yeah. Kid, is that the creepy man's gonna come out of your? your yeah, and your just basement. just give you the eyes, yeah, and that's and it. Nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. If I was a kid watching oh, that, so that's creepy. Never... <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Also, so you were saying on the car ride over to how I'm gonna let you go off on how this compares to Joker because <laughs> you see. Oh, like, okay. But like how I think particularly how the last scene with the violence is showing almost like a release. Like yeah, maybe for the audience and the characters. Yeah, I don't know. I want to hear what you have to say about it. So I watched the Joker, and <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like the Joker, but personally, I'm a big fan of the Joker. The way that it humanizes a villain is something that I think is a really necessary representation because I don't think any other movie would humanize a villain, and that really puts a new perspective. And I'm all about that. Like I love seeing and understanding where the Joker comes from. Obviously, I don't empathize with him. But it's a story to tell because it addresses the ideas of, like, hopelessness and kind of, like, when people don't necessarily care anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that at the end of this movie, he finds violence as a release because by that point, his daughter had already been stabbed, Mm -hmm. right? The son, we don't even know he would be alive later in the movie because he got hit in the rock, like, like hit in the head with the rock. I thought he died right then, too. I thought, yeah. And so for him, he has lost all hope. And like he said earlier in the movie, he has no plan. Mm-hmm. So for him, the only release was violence because that's how he's going to extract like his revenge. And that's his way of like kind of coming to terms with his condition as like a hopeless person. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was really similar to the Joker because Joaquin Phoenix's character, the Joker itself, mm-hmm. is all about trying to find a release in a world where he's hopeless entirely like there's no there's once he realizes that there's no future for him in comedy and there's no future for him basically anywhere because everyone thinks that he's just like a weirdo and they throw him under the bus it's it's kind of like a same feeling like they resort to violence because that's just in the moment when they have nothing else to lose like that's how they're gonna get what they want like through violence right i think that's a very interesting look into like why violence and like why people are motivated to go yeah. to violence because I think at the end of this movie too they they take you out of that world like of this like you're very in the world of the family and they take mm-hmm. you out and they show you the news story yeah and they're like we don't even understand like what drew these people to like murder these other people like yeah. the, the police were so lost as to like yeah. what could possibly be the motive for this they have How, no idea they have no idea yeah and I think it's an interesting look into why people are motivated enough to do that kind of violence yeah um I also think it's what you were saying too. I think that's really interesting about how it's like a like a release because I think again, like when that guy stabbed him, uh, Mr. Park at the end, like there were people in the audience that like were like yes or like cheering, yeah, you know? like it was like a happy, like it was almost a release for the audience as well. Yeah. Like they were like yeah, screw that guy, yeah, like, yeah, violence, woo, like yeah. they're like in a way it's like glamorizing violence almost, like yeah, like 
like even when it was happening, I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be like a Tarantino thing. Like as soon as you see like the guy, he just like beats yeah. the sun with a rock and then he grabs the knife and he yeah. like, walks to the birthday party. You're like, I like, I also was like kind of excited to like see what was about to happen. As like messed up as that really is, yeah, like. There's a certain sense of like, yeah, this is like a release for everybody. Like, it's like, oh, and it's so intense too to because down. like, like if you watch a movie like that in the states, it's a gun, right? Mm-hmm. But in Korea, they don't have guns, and so I remember reading somewhere he where he was like, he uses knives because a never grew up with guns in Korea, so gangsters in Korea they use knives, and knives make everything more intense because there is an intimate connection between you and the person you kill using a knife. <laughs> that was his reasoning for like yeah. using knives in a lot of his movies is because. You create a connection with a gun. There isn't necessarily one, because it's like boom, and then they they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. But with a knife, like you have to approach, you have to like make the action happen, and so yeah, that yeah. just makes everything so much more intense. I totally agree. I didn't I didn't pick up on the fact that like yeah, Koreans I guess like they yeah. probably wouldn't use a gun if this was an American movie. It yeah, probably would have been a gun. Yeah, but I love the choice that it actually is a knife because it does it. It makes you feel so much more personal. Like as soon yeah. as you, they get stabbed, you're like like you feel that. Yeah, you know. And it's almost a betrayal because when the crazy guy in the basement comes out and decides to kill um, the daughter of the poor family, mm-hmm. if you think about it, they're on the same side. Like, they're both struggling from the same things. There could have totally been a world where they decided to help each other instead of go against each other, given their circumstances. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like representative of the every, I guess, family for it, themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's the whole idea of that and like the intimacy I think that the knife provides. That the knife provides. I think, yeah, that's yeah. just really interesting. Um, I also, so I do want to talk about The Rock because it is a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's like a, a central Scholar's thing. Rock, yeah. Yeah. So basically, his, the son at the beginning of the movie, his friend gives him this rock mm-hmm. and said how this rock is like a metaphor. It brings uh, material wealth yeah. and like happiness, I guess, to yeah. a family that keeps it you know yeah and they're like oh wow this is an awesome gift and as soon as they get that that's when they are able to scheme and like yeah. try and to move up in the world and gain that i guess material wealth that they're looking for yeah but then it all comes crashing down they lose the rock um mm-hmm. or like not lose it but it, it's the only thing they salvage actually in the flood the actual material possessions they have they don't actually get yeah you know? the only thing they grab is the rock they're clinging onto this idea of material wealth rather mm-hmm. than actual material wealth maybe um yeah which I think that's really interesting. And then what happens with the rock at the end? Oh, I guess the he guy who was in the cellar bashes. Yeah, to bash his head, head in. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's very obviously a metaphor that, like, yeah. when you let money get to your head, it can come back to bite you. Literally, yeah. like it did in the movie. Yeah. 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 No, that's very true. Because, like, yeah, he gets the rock, he idolizes it, he worships it. Mm-hmm. He, he sleeps with it. He sleeps with like, it. Like, he hugs it yeah. when he sleeps. It's, yeah. like, crazy. Like, their house is gone, mm-hmm. but it's the only thing he got. Like, he's the only thing he keeps. Yeah. And then that's inevitably almost what kills him. But he, he survives it, I guess. But that idea of just, like, what, like, money or wealth or, like, greed, maybe, of what that can bring is such, like, bad in the end. Yeah. 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 I think that's really cool. It is really cool. And honestly, like, the whole, that scholar's rock or whatever, I had no idea what that was when he brought it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, a real thing? Do you have any idea? Exactly. I don't know. Anything? Like, I've never <laughs> seen anything like it until he brought it out. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I've never heard of that. <laughs> I want one. Like, yeah, I'm learning things too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm curious. But, um, yeah, I also, like, I want to talk more about, like, the cyclical nature that this thing, I think the house kind of acts as a certain metaphor too yeah because 
I, I guess it's a metaphor maybe for class in Korea or I don't know how you want to interpret that, but like people coming in and out of this house throughout the movie. There's the family before, the Park family, mm-hmm. um, and they, you know, that's how they had the housekeeper and then they yeah. started living in the cellar. And so there's like this class divide literally between floors of the house, yeah. the upstairs and then the lower level where the literally the lower class is living. Yeah. And then the other family leaves and a new family comes. And, you know, there's, and then, like, the poor family comes and they try to replace the other family. So it's yeah. this constant thing of who's trying to live in the house, you know? Yeah. People want to be on the main floor of the house. Yeah. You know, but a lot of times they end up in the basement of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't There's a lot to be said about, like, what this house represents, I think. Yeah, it's... Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack, honestly, <laughs> about, like, like you the class this, system. But... Yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's it's run, always it's always been run like society there has always been run in a hierarchy mm-hmm. like i said before and so it's it's more i feel like it's more like futility like their efforts to try but it just doesn't work mm. so i think less than it is a cycle of trying and failing i think it's more like it's futile to try because you're just going to end up back in the basement and it's just going to end that way i think that that may be a message that's trying to be said because I forget exactly where, but I remember seeing a lot of other people who lived in their community, mm-hmm. and I remember, I remember something. I forget, it, like it just slipped my mind, but it had something to do with the idea that it's honestly it just doesn't. You can honestly just be okay with where you are and just choose not to like have this ambition to go out because it's futile like it just won't work no matter how hard you try so Mm. i don't think that necessarily the system in korea is so it's not fascist like it's not like it's not fascist like there's definitely ways to rise up and down but there are forces in place that are some of it maybe cultural some of it is mostly economics and the way that it works because personally i don't think korea is necessarily like the most free market capitalist country in the world i don't think it is and it doesn't run on a free market capitalist system it's dominated by like conglomerates Mm -hmm. and so that kind of like bleeds into social life i guess and it shows that like these are how things are and if you want them to change like you're gonna have to work harder than anyone before and you're gonna have to be more radical otherwise it's it's not gonna work like it's useless yeah that's interesting the way you're you read that i think just like i I think maybe people from different classes or just different backgrounds can read this like interpret the movie or what they pull from in different ways like you're saying like um yeah i don't know just like the way like how you can pull one thing like oh that maybe that's the message they're trying to say that like it's all futile yeah. and stuff like i think other people can read it entirely the opposite you know yeah. they could read that like you should strive you yeah. should you should want to do this you should always try and be better and move on you know like this hypothetical situation that's yeah. optimistic um i think and i don't think there's any wrong way in reading it too i think anyone yeah i don't think so either it's yeah. very open ended and you could really take it how you want to see it Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is it's really hard to do that in a movie without like you know taking your own personal bias out of it and just showing the life the way it is mm-hmm. and showing like the problems that are the, the good things, the bad things, like yeah. everything that comes with it, and then how each person can pull different things. That's yeah. like really incredible that you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like it really goes back to like your point. Like 
the rich family isn't the antagonist. Like, they aren't really the antagonist at all. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that warrants us to hate them. Right. Because they don't. them being maybe superficial or just like a little yeah. mean to the other yeah. family. But, like... but that's also just like perspective. In terms of action, they don't do anything to the family. Yeah, I mean, I, never, I really don't think they yeah. do. I mean, I'm trying. Maybe I'm missing something. That totally. I might be missing up. something too, honestly. Right. But as far as I remember, like, right. you can interpret it how you want because, yeah, like, he's just showing it how family. it is. Yeah. Yeah, like there's people who are cheering for the guy's death. Yeah, like right behind me, like yeah. in the theater. <laughs> Which I think is so interesting. It's like, why did you see, like? Maybe because the other people are the protagonists that you yeah. are naturally drawn to empathize with them. But yeah. I didn't find myself empathizing that much with them. Like I, I thought it was enjoyable the way they're scheming and stuff. Yeah. But I didn't feel that I was them you know their actions weren't entirely justified right and maybe you would like them better if you were in that same situation you know yeah like, if you could relate to that yeah which maybe that's just how we are like economic like mm-hmm. economically like that's just where we are so yeah. we don't relate to them as much but I mean ju- they did they did break the law and they did do bad things mm-hmm. I don't and I'm not saying I hate these characters or anything I don't, oh yeah like you know like I can't empathize with them to a certain extent but I don't hate the upper class family maybe as much as those characters do. It's amazing how some do. yeah, it's amazing exactly like how your own socioeconomic status could affect the way that you see the movie. Yeah, as I a think, whole. Yeah, and that's that's, what I'm that's at, insane. Yeah, I can't think of another movie that does that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Not off the top of my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah off the top of my head, I can't. Yeah, and I think that that's just like really hard to do. You know, like hard for someone to watch this. And then how gain different things. You know, I'm curious to hear more people's opinions. I think just like what they see or what they got out of this movie. Yeah. Um, I think we got a, a lot, and there's a lot of different messages yeah. that go along with this. But um, yeah, I think the way it ends, it's it's just it's very, it's not necessarily ambiguous. The thing, like it's they're giving an ending. Yeah. But it's just the way you react to it that's really different. And I think that's really cool. I agree. I agree. Yeah, this is a really good movie. It was a great movie. <laughs> um, yeah, we gotta kind of start wrapping it up. But so what did you think overall? How, did, have your thoughts kind of changed the more we talked about it? I think that it's a lot more. The movie's a lot more open ended than I originally came out thinking it was. Mm. I thought that when you come out, it's like this idea of like everyone yeah. always like. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think us talking about it and us grabbing so many different things that we didn't see. Yeah, I th- that made. Yeah, I agree. I think it made me realize that there's. Different, more interpretations that you can get from this film. Yeah, you know, and it really, it really just depends on like where you're coming from and the way that you see it. Because it could really be both ways. Mm-hmm. Like, it really just depends. And like, yeah. I don't think you can necessarily control the way you think about these characters and the way you feel about them because you're raised in your socioeconomic status, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the way you interpret and see things. And so, yeah, I think it actually has less to do about the whole like you know, family is everything. I think that's an aspect and a part of the culture in a way. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's necessarily what he was aiming for. I think it really does have to do with like class standing and how we see it. Right. I mean, and maybe not. I think there's. I think there's a lot. Yeah. I kind of saw more as the class thing. I think you saw more as the family thing. Yeah. I agree. I think the family thing is probably equally as present. Yeah. As the class thing. Like I think you persuaded me to believe it that way too. Yeah. And I'm sure there's many other readings that we're just not picking up on yeah. right now. You know. Like, yeah. I'm sure there's way just more coming things. straight out of the theater, right. coming here. So. Yeah. And I think that's what makes this movie so good. I think that's why this movie is getting so much praise right now. Yeah. Because the conversation around it is so interesting. I think. Like we could, I could have another hour-long conversation with a totally different person mm-hmm. with a completely different background. Yeah, and I'm sure I could talk about an hour of new content. You know, things yeah. we just didn't see. You know, yeah, and that's really cool. 
that's that's what that is what makes this movie I think so good. Yeah, um, it really is. Yeah. I'm cool. very glad I watched this movie. I'm very glad I watched it. <laughs> Obviously, I think you would recommend it to... <laughs> oh, yeah. I would yeah. recommend it to everyone. Everyone should watch yeah. this. Yeah, everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, do you think you're going to, like, rewatch it? I think so. I think I will. Yeah. I think I'll rewatch it. I'm definitely going to buy it so I have it, like, <laughs> on my iTunes, yeah, like, same. permanently. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I will definitely also be buying it. I think, yeah, I just want to hear more. I just want to show people this movie, personally. I think this is a good movie to show someone and then, like, hear what they have to think. So, yeah. Um, for anyone who's still listening and you hadn't seen the movie for whatever reason, you should go see this movie. Please go watch it. Um, yeah, we kind of spoiled all of it for you, but, you know. But still go watch it. There's, still a lot. <laughs> there's I, a I, lot that yeah. we haven't unpackaged, actually. Yeah, and, and anyone who wants to reach out to me and tell me their thoughts, I would be more than willing to hear that. Um, awesome. But, yeah, cool. Thanks so much for coming on, Kenny. Yeah, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. This, this was, was a lot, lot of fun. fun. I'm sure we'll be talking about this movie more. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. as soon as this is over. As soon as this is over. <laughs> <laughs> let's just go watch it again. Yeah, let's <laughs> go watch it again. <laughs> All right, yeah. thanks for coming on, dude. Um, this is a great time. I thanks love so much, man. Thank yeah. you. Seriously. Cool. All right, this wraps up another episode of uh, So What Do You Think? Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, until next week, peace. Peace.